Hello, and welcome to But I'm a Professional. This is the learning podcast where we learn how to be well while working well. A well-being at work type of situation. My name is Nancy Elizabeth, and I'm your host. Welcome. On today's podcast, we're going to try and decide whether we are suffering from burnout or fatigue. What is the difference? Which one are you suffering from? And what can you do in either situation? Either, either, neither, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Before we get started, I would like to give a very special shout out to my friend Carolina, who is tuning in from Bogota. Hola guapa, ¿qué tal estás? Thank you very much for listening. Um, as always, dear Carolina or anyone else who has tuned in and finds this useful, helpful, or even just mildly entertaining, uh, please do share the link to this episode and other episodes on your Facebooks, your Twitters, your Instagrams, and whatever other social media you use. Let's spread the learning around. Okay, so this year and the year before has been challenging. It's been a struggle for a lot of us. Uh, It's put a lot of us in working situations that were, shall we say, less than optimal. I think we can all agree it is not the ideal working setup to have the children screaming and being homeschooled in on zoom in one room and you desperately trying to produce something um similar to what you used to produce in a quiet focused office space in the other room um so understandably so much many of us are feeling really really stressed tired uh feel like this isn't working and i think that has caused a lot more conversation around i'm really burnt out am i is this actual burnout what is that? What, you know, what does this mean for me? What can I do? Um, so recently, I've seen quite a few articles, uh, both in the social media sphere, and also um, uh, in, um, you know, newspapers, online newspapers, and those types of things where, you know, there's a lot of discussion around what do we do? How, how can we get from uh, just talking about it to implementing something that's effective? Uh, and also a lot of like, oh, it's just the pan to fall out of the pandemic which mm, I'm not really convinced. Um, I think that exasperated a, a, you know, a work culture that was already sort of a, on its last legs. Anyway, I'm already digressing and we've only been talking for three minutes. Let's, so, okay, let, let's get some clarity and accuracy around language first, because, you know, I dare say that's, that's a, always a good jumping off point. So um, when I'm talking about burnout in this episode, I'm going to lean heavily on the good work of uh, Dr. Maslach, uh, that's spelled M-A-S-L-A-C-H. And she's done a lot of work around uh, defining burnout as a psychological syndrome, okay? So we're going to use that um, for our, our working definition today. So basically, burnout, it's, like I said, it's a psychological syndrome, And it has to involve three things. It has to involve emotional exhaustion, which I, I mean, I can't fathom nobody is feeling, um, you know, absolutely none of 
after the past year and a half, two years. It has to involve depersonalization from your work. Um, and that depersonalization is often um, wrapped up with, you know, cynicism about your work. And it also has to involve um, a diminished sense of personal accomplishment at work. Okay. And that's not necessarily like, oh, I can't do this or I'm not effective at this. That might just, that just, you know, it might also be, um, it doesn't matter what I do. It's, you know, I can't accomplish anything. It doesn't matter how hard I work. Okay. So this burnout syndrome will, you know, sort of give you that deep case of like the, well, fuck it. You know, that, that feeling it sort of, it causes you to mentally distance yourself from your work. Um, give you really negative, uh, and like I said, cynical feelings about it consistently. Um, if you are learning, if you are interested in learning more, uh, in detail about this, um, like I said, Dr. Maslach does, um, work around this area. And there's a lot of her work available online, uh, like, you know, talks that she's given and articles that she's contributed to or podcasts that she's spoken on. Um, and she's also worked with others to create um, an inventory. Um, and that can help you test for possible occupational burnout. Um, as always, all that will be in the resources that I uh, put in the show notes below for you to access. Okay. So for the purposes of this episode, we want to focus on the psychological syndrome of burnout versus the fatigue that many of us feel in relation to work. And I think, like I said, you know, I think that fatigue is coming from an exacerbation of something that was sort of already in, you know, well on its way to being to being made because we, we do have this sort of culture of overwork and devoting yourself to work think about like um, the, the language that you see uh, about side hustles or 10 ways to be more productive, those kinds of articles, um, or like a lot of that bootstrapping language, you know? Um, I've also seen a lot of the youth saying things like, always on my grind. Oh, I think, Ugh, what? Um, so, you know, I think there's more of a general sort of pushback against the glamorization and the idealizing of that um, exploitative labor, you know, practice that that can be turned into a real badge of honor, right? Oh, God, I'm exhausted. I've worked so hard today. You know, we've all worked with those types of people. Um, you know, that idea that running yourself into the ground is a marker of success. So you know, that you can say that you're burnt out with that for sure. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, are engaging in that either consciously or unconsciously. Um, but that I think we'll put that in the fatigue category for now. All right. So let's shift away from the, the definition of uh, psychological burnout syndrome. And let's let's zero in on our professional selves and our professional um, lives. Okay. Um, right. So take a look in, inward. Are you looking? What do you see? Is it a mess? Probably. Um, if you're feeling tired a lot of the time, you might be wondering, you know, is this burnout or is this just fatigue? Right. And in a certain sense, who cares? What, you know, what does it matter if you're, if you are psychologically burnt out or if you are fatigued? I mean, they both make you feel like garbage. Um, 
Well, I suppose the difference is that, you know, if you're suffering from burnout, it's, you know, it's causes coming from a different place. And, you know, what you can do about it is very different versus if you're suffering from fatigue and and what you can do to deal with that. Um, Usually fatigue is is more impermanent, right? So it's a unique set of circumstances. It only happens like a couple of times a year, you know, probably when you're coming up on a, on a break or on, you know, coming up to when you usually take some holiday and you, you know how that feels. You got like one foot out the door, you got your away message all set, ready to go, your bag, click, 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 you rolled your bags into the office. Um, yeah, that, that, that tiredness is not the same as, as being burnt out because burnt out, being burnt out is, um, the result of feeling that way, you know, on a daily basis like all the time there's no getting away from it and the other thing is you know it does matter in the you know at the very foundational level of you just you cannot push through all the time right sometimes our bodies and our brains and everything inside of us is you know it's doing all this really hard work to tell us to stop um so that they can you know rest and recover and take care of the of of us and themselves so there's there's a real there's a real cult around hyper productivity and finding meaning in work and all that kind of thing. But I mean, there's you know there's a healthy way to participate in your your paid labor. Being motivated is fine, and having ambition is fine. But um, being unwell in the pursuit of those things uh, consistently uh, to the point where it's wrecking your health, yeah, that's not fine. Don't do that. Right. So that's why it matters. We want to know the difference between the two because we want to be able to identify which one it is uh, so that we can apply the right, well, cure is not the word I'm looking for, but we want to be able to apply a more useful, effective response. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about that a little in, in a little bit more detail. You know, what do I do? So if it's the case, let's start with the easy one first. If it's the case that you are just tired and you're fatigued at work, um, I think a lot of the time it's just, you know, it's a case of making sure that you're taking some time away. Um, Depending on which country you work in and depending on your company and the culture in your company, um, sometimes there's a sort of, you know, it's, it's seen as, um, a bit of a no, no to take your, take your holiday time. Or you can also fall into that trap of like, well, I'm working from home all the time anyway. So, you know, what's the difference? I'll just, I'll just check my email while I'm, while I'm, you know, technically on, on vacation. And so when you're feeling fatigued, the, the best way to combat that and to put an end to that is to fully switch off, take the time, switch off entirely, Go sit in the silent space and let yourself unfold into that that holiday space for a bit. Somebody said to me the other day, the sign that you've you've done your your vacation, your holiday time properly is that when you get back to work, you think, oh, my God, what's my password? Um, and yeah, that's that's the way to deal with fatigue. Another thing to consider is that in, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of us have been working from home and there's been a real, you know, a real blend of personal life and professional life because they all now happen in the same space. Um, and so that 
that thing that happened when we all suddenly got smartphones and we could all check our emails from our phones and, you know, it became really difficult to, to switch off from work. Um, that has, you know, that has got even further into that space, that gray area, because we're physically not even separating our spaces anymore, right? So taking, so taking conscious steps to, um, to separate your, your personal time from your professional time and to, to hold that, to respect that, right? Um, that's a way to, to prevent um, fatigue and, and from feeling, you know, the general tiredness that you might be feeling due to having to work from home all the time, you know? Also, I think that um, in some of our organizations, we've really felt the pinch of um, of either the pandemic or, de again, depending on what country you're in, there's been a lot of budget cuts. Um, if you're in the UK, you know, some companies have had to deal with the fallout of Brexit. Um, and then what that often looks like is as it falls down the, the hierarchy, um, it, it turns into doing more with less all the time. And in, you know, sometimes in a, in a, you know, a knowing way, but sometimes in a very, you know, um, I want, I want to give this the most, you know, the kindest, uh, uh, view and think that sometimes there's too much of a separation to see like, you know, decisions made at the top versus what that actually looks like on the ground, if you will. And, you know, people who are making those decisions, not realizing how uh, tight resources are were to begin with, or how how difficult it was to manage, um, to manage the, the tasks as before. And now you're putting this extra the burden on it. And, the, you know, it's just it can't hold, right? So if that's the case, and that's what's causing your fatigue, um, you know, it might come if, if you're in a situation where you can have that kind of conversation with your with your manager, or your supervisor, or you can give some pushback, you know, put it in the, the most positive frame of mind possible, i.e. right, okay, um, we need to reprioritize, there's, there's too many, there are too many things going on, there's not enough resources. Um, so tell me which ones you want me to do and tell me which ones are okay with, you know, uh, taking a longer period of time or I don't know, delegating to, to someone else or something like that. So those kinds of conversations can be really, really helpful. Sometimes they don't work because your manager's an ass, but you know, you got to try. All right. So that's, that's sort of some of the ways that we can deal with, with fatigue. And like I said, you know, that's, um, unique circumstances. It's not happening all the time. So it is much more manageable. And there are things that you can actively do to to make sure that you're not participating in making your fatigue worse. Okay. So let's let's switch over and let's talk about burnout because that's a little bit trickier and uh, slightly more complicated. You'll be pleased to hear. Well, let's start off. If you're not sure whether or not you're burnt out, um, you can take the... Uh, the Maslach inventory, it's a burnout inventory is called MBI. Um, I'm not sure that anybody doesn't know when they're burnt out though. Like just, just think to yourself, like, are you, you know, do, do you feel a cynicism about your work? Do you feel exhausted on a daily basis? Do you feel like there's no point to anything? Then you're probably burnt out, right? Um, 
if you if if you feel that way, but it's it's all really tangled up and it's all a real, you know, you, you can't separate one reason from the other, like uh, or or sorry, one one cause, one source of of, of why you feel um, the cynicism, why you feel this emotional exhaustion, then let's uh, let's consider some ways that we can write and reflect on it. And what we'll do is we'll talk through the six areas that um, the inventory is based on for identifying uh, mismatches. And those mismatches are the ones that pose the highest risk for um, burnout with employees. Okay, so let's let's go through the six key areas. All right. Area number one is workload. Area number two is control. Number three, reward. Number four, community. Number five, fairness. Number six, values. So let's ask some questions or let's ask a question about each one. And you can use this to to guide your, your writing reflection if you like. For workload, number one workload, consider this question. Do you lack the resources, for example, the time, the funding, the people? Do you lack the resources required to complete uh, your expected tasks? Do you lack resources to complete expected tasks? Number two for control. Do you have any choice, any say, any input in what happens with your work? In, in you know, your output and your, how you, um, how you make that happen and how you participate? Do you have any choice in that? Number three, reward. Do you receive social, verbal, or other types of rewards when you do something well? It doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be a pay rise every time. Okay, sometimes just hearing somebody say, that's really good. That's well done. Thanks very much for that. You'd be surprised how rare that is with certain leaders, unfortunately. Side note, if you are managing anybody, please tell them that they're doing a good job when they do do a good job. Number four, community. Think about your relationships in your workspace. Uh, and that can be with colleagues, that can be with, with customers, that can be with, um, yeah, you know, the people that you, you, um, that you have interactions with consistently at work. Um, are those relationships uh, positive or are they negative? Right. Are they terse? Um, do you do you are you in conflict a lot of the time? Uh, are you in conflict just you know in your your ideals, um, or or do you see uh, do you have clear but shared vision? Do you see eye to eye on a lot of things? Do you come to agreements? Do you have good communication around that? So yeah, think about those relationships that you, ha that you have at work. Are they, are they m mainly positive or mainly negative? Number five, fairness. Um, in your workspace, do you see or experience discrimination? Do you see people getting ahead because they're cheating or doing something wrong? And do you see that being rewarded? Number six values. Does your work come into conflict with your personal, uh, your personal ethics, right? 
think about the work that you do and the the um the work that your organization at large does is it in conflict with your with your ethics um i'm trying to think of an example where an organization would be at odds with i suppose if you were if you were working for a company that was you know felt like you were sort of cheating people out of their money or they weren't getting value for what you were you were selling or whatever it was like that would be that would be difficult that would be a hard thing to reconcile uh, if you felt that if you felt it difficult to to uphold the sort of company line right that kind of thing okay so as I said Dr. Maslach has identified these six areas where, where, you know, mismatches happen between the em employee and the organization. And these are the six areas that will pose uh, risk for uh, burnout. Yeah. Workload, control, reward, community, fairness, and values. Yeah. Now, bear in mind that when you're thinking through these questions and processing your, your answers, you're going to be on some kind of continuum because, you know, as, as human beings in the human condition, we are all going to experience some of this stuff at some time. All right. So what we're, we're trying to define here and what we're trying to identify here is that, is this a consistent and ongoing basis that you, you feel negatively, or you feel at the wrong end of the continuum in your answers to these questions in many of these categories, right? So maybe it's the case that at work, like you have, you have a perfectly adequate workload. You think that you work a correct amount versus how much you get paid. You have a great sense of community with your with your colleagues. Um, you see fairness. You you don't see um, overt discrimination or uh, even covert discrimination. Um, and but maybe perhaps you'd like to have a little bit more control in your job. Uh, but you know, by and large, the balance is is in the the positive direction. So that's fine. So that's what we have to consider with these answers. We have to consider the continuum and the consistency and, you know, the, the sort of balance of, of those areas, right? So once you've, you know, gone through that process and, oh dear, you've discovered you are suffering from actual burnout. Well, now what? Now what do you do? Well, that's a very good question. And if you tune in next week, no, I'm kidding. Um... Yeah, that's that's actually a really tough one because as an individual and not an organization, what can you do? What is within your control and what is within your grasp? And I should say, as a side note, if you are in a position um, in your organization where you can make changes, uh, like for example, if you work in HR and you are in charge of well-being, or you are in learning and development or something like that. You know, uh, if you are going to implement change around, you know, preventing burnout, please, for the love of God, include employees in the implementation of any of that well-being focused uh, adjusting. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen a company come up with some great idea where they're like, I know we'll have a basketball court and that'll be fine. That'll fix everybody's burnout. And nobody is actually interested or nobody can take a break away from their desks in order to go play a game of basketball anyway. So yeah, um, if you, if you are going to make any change, if you are in that kind of position, please involve people in the, uh, 
in the uh, ideas, the brainstorming process, and also making sure that they can actually do the thing, the wonderful thing that you set up. Right. So let's, let's go back to, all right, you are an individual, you don't have a terrible amount of, of control over what happens in the organization. You have discovered that you are indeed suffering from burnout. What do you do? Okay. Well, let's think, are you in a position uh, whereby you can stop working for a while? So do you have resources to step away from work for a brief period? Um, if you do, if you're fortunate, en fortunate enough to have that, then step away, just, you know, um, put in the resignation and, you know, give yourself whatever it is, half a year, a year to just not worry about work. Um, because that is one of the most effective ways to deal with burnout. If you, if that's not an option for you. Assess whether you can raise some of the issues you've identified uh, with your with your supervisor, with your manager. For example, if uh, in your role you're consistently coming up against, uh, you know, that sort of resources versus expectations of productivity, if you're coming up against that all the time, then it is time for that chat where you you reprioritize. And you work that out together, okay? Uh, depending on who's managing you, that might be really difficult. Uh, it might not work, uh, but you at least have to try, yeah? Um, if you are in the situation where you would like to have more control and more input into to what you're doing or how you're doing it or whatever the case may be, identify that first, right, clearly, and then bring those ideas uh, forward to to a chat with your supervisor yeah one of those like I function best when those one of those types of chats right um it is entirely possible that your manager sucks that your supervisor is you know uh, not the ideal leader that we all hope for um it is also entirely possible that the problems that you're experiencing are not actually to do with them or you. It's more to do with um, uh, uh, organizational culture, company culture that you have. So, you know, if, if, if there's a sort of, you know, um, in the area of community, if there's a lot of negativity at work or in the area of fairness, if there's discrimination at work, I mean, that's that's sort of that's systemic. Right. Um, so you could consider bringing those forward to HR Things like employee engagement and well-being, they all fall under that department's purview. Um, I mean, I, I hesitate to say this because I feel that it's, it's not entirely fair. However, most HR teams take an ice age to do anything. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, their, their priority is to, you know, prevent the company from getting sued. But if you happen to work in an organization where there's somebody with, you know, well-being stamped in their, their title, then, you know, um, take something, take something forward to them. Although chances are, if whoever is in charge of organizing the company, um, if they had the wherewithal to give somebody that role, then you probably aren't dealing with huge issues around discrimination. Um, so, yeah. If, it, if it's the case that you can't quit, if it's the case that, you know, there are some some organizational problems, then, you know, sh shift your focus to the things that you can control, 
right? You can't control everything, but you can control things that you do. Think about things like um, how much time do you spend doing work uh, sort of off the clock, right? How much time do you spend just, just checking the emails, just to keep on top of things, all that sort of thing. Don't do that. You're getting paid to do work in a certain amount of time. Just do that. Nothing extra. And do a good enough job. You don't need to be a superstar. The other thing I think too is that, you know, you can control your perception, right? So that doesn't mean that you have to have that toxic positivity like, oh, I'm just going to find the good in everyone. Well, I mean... Yeah, I guess, but that's a lot of work, right? To you, you're already working hard enough as it is. You don't need to invest all this additional emotional labor in trying to find the good in everyone or trying to find the good in every situation all the time. So, I don't, I don't mean that. I don't mean that, um, that toxic um, positivity thing. What I'm talking about is a, a shift in perception around how much time, energy, stress, worry, concern, focus, you're willing to give to a job that um, is burning you out really badly, right? And a shift in perception around like taking on this idea of impermanence a little bit more. Like this is your job now. Yes, it is not ideal. Fine. Maybe there's an, an ideal job. But, you know, um, in the previous episode, I talked about looking back 10 years to give you a better, a better sense of, of, um, relativity with doing things like that right like where were you 10 years ago versus where are you now versus you know how different will that be again in in 10 years right so just just having that shift sometimes helps at least so that you can cope a little bit better until you can get yourself into a situation where you can switch into a different role right I think the also it would be helpful to um to remember that uh, this global pandemic has had a huge amount of, of impact in, uh, in a lot of different areas and it will continue to change and shift. And so even if you're at a low point right now, completely understandable, absolutely valid. Uh, but again, you know, it's going to shift, it's going to shift again, um, you know, a few months from now, a year from now, that, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and also, you know, don't take, don't take it all on board as, as a you problem. Uh, a lot of the time you're not the problem. I mean, unless you are the, are you the problem? Oh God. No, I'm kidding. You know, a lot of the time it's, it's, you know, we have this, um, I think there's quite a bit of, um, oh, what's the right word? Is it marketing? Is that why we think the way we do about work? The, you know, that sort of, it's it's my identity. Like, you know, when you meet someone, the first thing you ask them is like, and what do you do? So, so we do have a lot of, I think we have a lot invested in our relationship with work. And when, you know, sometimes when we're, we're too deep in it, it's, we have to like consciously extract ourselves from, from that relationship that you are not your work. You are not defined by your, your job. And it's okay if it's a bit shit right now, you can have different relationships to the different jobs that you have, and they can change depending on whatever context you're, you're currently in. Yeah. So, you know, if, if that's, if that's the, if that speaks to you, you know, make, make conscious effort to, to start doing that. Yeah. A final consideration that I would like you to make, dear listener, 
is um, that between prevention and cure. Okay. And, and in, you know, both in relation to what we've talked about with burnout and also just plain good old fashioned fatigue. This process of getting to know yourself better and, you know, being a little bit more um, investigative around your, your professional life, the same way that you would with your personal. Um, those check-ins with yourself and that, that practice of, of reflection and um, uh, better organizing how, how you think and feel about, uh, you know, the thing that you spend eight hours a day doing. This is, this is sort of all in, in, all in the name of um, not waking up one day and find, you know, finding that you, you're struggling to get out of bed because you're, you know, you've got to such a low point. Um, the, the effects of, of chronic fatigue and the effects of, of burnout, they're really, really damaging to you. They're damaging to you psychologically. They're also damaging to you physically, right? And um, definitely not worth a paycheck. So knowing yourself and knowing when it's time to make change before something goes boom, um, knowing when it's, you know, seeing that, you know, uh, it's time, it's going to be time to move on soon because actually this is not working. This hasn't been working well for a while. Mm, better make, you know, better make some moves. Something of that nature. That is a much better approach than trying to cure the, the fallout of continuing to work in a job that makes you feel an overwhelming amount of exhaustion and cynicism and, you know, being ineffective. Right. So, yeah, that's that's my final point. Um, a lot of a lot of the things that I try to share with you and encourage you to do is in the name of preventative steps to take so that you never have to get to that point where you're trying to cure something that is actually really, really uh, has, has done you a lot of undue harm. OK, you don't deserve that. You deserve so much better. Ladies, gentlemen, everybody in between. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening today to this episode. Uh, we have discussed burnout as a psychological syndrome. We have identified some ways to better understand our burnout and the sources of it. And we've talked about possible things that we can do, what is in our control, what is not in our control, and also uh, hopefully helpful perception shifts around work and work culture and the cult of overworking. If you have found this episode useful in any way, please put a link uh, so that you can help someone else today. I hope that you have an enjoyable day that is full of positive and the right amount of productivity, has community, fairness, a little bit of control, and if you're really lucky, a little bit of a reward and some alignment with your personal values. If no one else tells you today, let me be the one to say, I think you're doing just great. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.